The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon, period. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself. Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. And in the last days, neither your heart nor your faith will fail you. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is episode 178. As always, you have your host here, Shelby and Kevin. Hey there. And we are coming at you after a long little break. That was uh, definitely not intended. However, shout out to my mom, Soraya Williams, for having us get on the mics this week and get back into the habit of the Book of Mormon podcast. You know, and there's always going to be times in our lives that things come up. It's easier to put things off and you got to be careful because if you put things off, it can turn into two months and you haven't done it. So Shelby and I, we're going to do the Book of Mormon podcast forever. And what is a month and a half, two months in the grand scheme of things. But as you all know, who've been listening for a long time, this podcast is so much more than just a scripture reading podcast or a scripture study podcast you know it it does so much for us in our marriage it means so much to us and it's good to be back and at least we left you with a really good episode with the elders on Mm -hmm. so at least we had that to kind of take a little break on but we are now jumping into third nephi chapter 15 continuing on with christ's teaching in the americas And I'm excited to dive into this chapter because I felt like there was such rich, or just there's always rich knowledge. However, I just felt like I was excited to come back in with this chapter. I guess that's how I can say it. So I'm going to read the chapter heading to start us off. Jesus announces that the law of Moses is fulfilled in him. The Nephites are the other sheep of whom he spoke in Jerusalem. And because of iniquity, the Lord's people in Jerusalem do not know of scattered sheep of Israel. And this is about AD 34. So as Christ had ended his sayings from the last chapter, which is comparative to Matthew chapter 7, right? Uh, It says in this first verse that he looked around the multitude and he said this unto them. And I'm going to quote it. Behold, ye have heard the things which I taught before I ascended to my father. Therefore, whoso remembereth these sayings of mine and doeth them, him will I raise up at the last day. And in my margins, I put this. I said the first step is hearing, hearing the word. The next step is remembering the word. And the third step is doing the work or the word that you heard to begin with. And I feel like that's something that maybe we don't talk about a lot. We we do talk about remembering a lot on this podcast, I think. We mention that very frequently. However, what's after remembering is doing, and what comes before remembering is hearing. And so I just thought that was a cool little pattern that Christ said, as you hear, remember, and do, these are the people I will raise up at the last day. Absolutely. So. 
in discipleship, you know, my, my personal thoughts and feelings on discipleship are, of course, you're going to spend that time in reflection and prayer, meditation, in study, but that's only a very small time of your day, right? Relative to the going about and trying to do good, right? Uh, trying to serve others and, you know, behave as Christ would have us behave. And on the, so on the topic of hearing, you know, I would say that I used to be a lot better about letting, you know, scriptures or talks or even wholesome, uplifting music enter into my life. And even that is it. There are so many other distractions that can come in between you and the hearing. Right. And I definitely have seen in my life a correlation um, between not hearing and not doing right. If I hear more then I do more. And, you know, just recently, like something that I'm taking into my life uh, just started this week was listening to at least three conference talks each day because I spend a lot of time in the car. Some people can't really commit to that, but I have plenty of time in the car. So I have the opportunity to listen to talks. And I went back clear to 2012 and I've decided to listen to some talks from, you know, just after I got home from my mission. So that's been like something that I've done. And it's, it's absolutely reflected in, you know, how I behave and how I act, um, especially around Adeline right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, all of this is building that covenant relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ, right? As we hear his words, we remember them and we do all that is doing in turn is building our relationship with him to come unto him and to follow him and become more like him. And so I love that tie-in of continually nurturing the relationship. And if I could, I'd also note that right now the people in, or the people of Nephi are doing a lot of hearing, right? This is the time for hearing. And, but everything that, Jesus is teaching is based in how are you going to act? This is also how you need to act. Right. And I also think that with hearing and remembering comes somewhere in their understanding, which I think is what these next few verses come, get into because they don't understand the saying that old things had passed away and that all things had become new. So they kind of lack this understanding, even though they're hearing it, right? They're trying to figure it out. And I feel like there's two really good examples here that I can touch on later, but right here, they're not understanding this saying. And he says to them, marvel not that I said this to you, but I am telling you, that the laws fulfilled that was given to Moses and I'm the one that gave the law, right? And so he's, he's telling them that because I gave the law, the law was fulfilled in me. That's why I came to fulfill the law and therefore it hath an end. And so it was, I thought, why could they not understand that? Because it's something that 
obviously as Latter-day Saints in, in these last days, we can understand pretty, I mean, it makes sense, right? <laughs> With the restoration and the coming forth of the Book of Mormon and all the knowledge that we do have, it's easy to understand. However, in this, like put yourself in their shoes, they really didn't know. Like it could be something that's like, what are you saying? Right? Like, I don't understand what you're saying. And it, they just needed some more clarification, which to me shows that questions and even a little bit of marveling are good because the Lord perceives it and then answers to it. Right? So I think that's important in our personal studies is go ahead and marvel, go ahead and ask questions with a sincere and honest heart, not a doubting heart. Because later on in the chapter, he talks about those who were stiff necked and had unbelief. That's why they didn't understand. But here, these people have an intent to understand and to believe. And therefore, he expounds upon what was meant. Yeah. In verse 6 and 7, he again, he reiterates that the fulfillment of the law does not destroy the prophets who preached that law, right? This is not saying that, you know, everything that the prophets said before now or taught before now are also or not in effect. And that's important. The law is actually still in effect right? It's not that the law is destroyed. It's that it's been fulfilled. And then portions of observing the law don't have to be observed anymore. Uh, specifically, that sacrifice of, you know, of, uh, of flesh, right? Because the Lord, he got that covered. But he goes on to say, for as many as have not been fulfilled in me, verily I say unto you, shall be fulfilled. Kind of like a I, I see that as the the Lord saying to the people, uh, be sure to take your vitamin pills, right? <laughs> Buckle up. And again, he reiterates that. And because in verse seven, I said unto you that old things have passed away. I do not destroy that which hath been spoken concerning things which are to come. And he mentions the covenant, right? In verse eight, for behold, the covenant which I have made with my people is not all fulfilled, but the law which has been given or which was given to Moses hath an end in me. Behold, I am the law and the life. Look unto me and endure the end, and ye shall live, for unto him that endureth the end will I give eternal life. And then it's no, you know, as he is the word, as he is the law, and then his commandments are what we must do in order to receive the eternal life of which he speaks, it's no wonder that he then goes into the commandments and, and emphasizing the commandments. And that the law and the prophets are only testifying of him, hmm. which is why he says he's the law, right? Um, so after all, all of this clarification comes, right? He then turns to the 12 who he had chosen and he talks to them and he says ye are my disciples and are a light unto this people who are a remnant of the house of joseph did you have something to say it's interesting that you asked that because i i think you perceived 
I did. That I, that's I, why I hesitated there for a second. But it was very, it's kind of a self-gratifying thing. I was going to recall my, I noticed throughout these chapters when the Lord speaks directly to the multitude and then he turns and addresses specifically the apostles or the disciples, the 12. And I think I called that before the priesthood leadership training, right? But as we think about, I mean, it was recorded for a reason, right? And I have, I've reflected on that and I reflected on it today as I prepared for the podcast. And I thought, well, what, what do we take away from that? And I thought of, you know, he he's just come off of talking about commandments and talking about the covenant. Um, and really the the law that was given to Moses, that was a that was a, you know, that's a token of the covenant that the Lord's made with Israel, right? He's saying, Hey, you're going to follow this law, and in as much as you keep my commandments, you'll be able to prosper in the land, right? And he talks about the land, and he says in verse 13. This is the land of your inheritance, and the Father hath given it unto you. And um, I remembered, recalled, that one of the things that the Lord uh, included or promised Abraham in the Abrahamic covenant was land, right? The three, the three Ps, actually, priesthood, property, and posterity. Um, and so I wanted to identify that. And I'll I'll let you go on. Yeah. No, I love that. I just felt like you had something to say and you sure did. I did. So, I picked up on something I hadn't really picked up in these verses before, namely 14, 15, and 16. He, when he's turning to them and he's talking to the 12, he says, And not at any time had the Father given me commandment that I should tell it unto your brethren at Jerusalem. So what I picked up on here is not what he's saying, but the fact that the Father is giving Christ commandments. And he does it again in 13. Neither any time hath the Father given me commandment, and also in 16, this much did the Father command me that I should tell unto them. And I just thought, this is so powerful here, right? People wonder, why do I have to be told what to do? Why do I, you know, all these things? Why can't I just do what I want to do? Even Christ himself, the Son of God, had commandments from the Father. If we expect to live a celestial life, you know, we are going to have commandments. We are going to have things, and these commandments keep us safe. I just had a discussion with some ladies today um, on my Inklings group discussing the conference talks once a week, and someone pointed out that the word of wisdom is not necessarily, well, it is about health, However, it also is a law that, or a word, yeah, is a law that's given to us to protect our agency. Because when we're enveloped, when we're, what's the word? Enveloped? In addiction? Is that right? If When we're in addiction to substances and food and whatever it is, our agency is taken away. Right. And so I loved that perspective here of why commandments are given and that, even Christ himself had commandments here that he's telling the 12. The father told me I couldn't tell this 
to the people in Jerusalem. And then I couldn't tell them about all the other tribes of Israel who were led away from the land of Jerusalem. And I, and I, but I have been commanded that I can tell, um, unto you. Right. Right. And I thought that was just so interesting. Well, and as we know, there are things that Jesus did not tell the people in Jerusalem because they weren't, they weren't prepared for it. They wouldn't have, you know, it, it would have been similar to casting pearls before swine. Well, and that's why he says in verse 17 or 16 into 17 mm-hmm. that here's what he did command me that I can tell them, which was other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them I must also bring and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. And then it elaborates just like you said in 18. And now because of stiff neckedness and unbelief, they understood not my word. Therefore, I was commanded to say no more of the father concerning this thing unto them. And I I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, Kevin, but I want you to say it anyway. Well, now I'm under pressure. I was just going to share just in my margins. I put there that, you know, the lack of faith disrupts the spiritual depth that the Lord and his ordained servants can provide for us. The, the commandments give us the perspective of God, right? Just like you and your sisters were discussing the word of wisdom. If you teach someone the word of wisdom and they come back, you know, being stiff necked right? And they unbelieve, then you can't necessarily then explain agency, right? Right. So, and then you can't explain the plan of salvation, right? So it's almost as if it's a litmus test, if you will, of, hey, I'm going to give you a commandment or a law, maybe even one that doesn't really necessarily make sense, in the worldly way, like sacrificing one of your animals, right? And if you do it, you know what? I'm going to give you greater spiritual depth to understand these things. Yeah. And I would just add, I think here we see that, you know, the Lord, it's his, it's his justice and his mercy here, right? He's not going to give them more because if he did, then that's a really mean thing to do because they can't even understand this first thing, right? So they're, he's not going to give them more because of that and bring them under more condemnation than need be, right? So I, I absolutely love that. Well, and it's really cool that Jesus also tells these people, um, well, and this is still him talking to his disciples. I wanted to, I wanted to make this distinction. I don't know if I uh, 100% believe this this is just my musings with this this uh, emphasis on audience that the lord is speaking to that mormon apparently thought it was important to include because he could have just put it as like a running hey these are the things that jesus taught to the people in the the land bountiful before the temple but instead he did include who he was speaking to at any given moment and the fact that he's speaking to the disciples, well, you could argue that all of the people were perhaps disciples in terms of, hey, they're, they're believers, right? They, they were the 
Um, well, he specifies the 12 that I have chosen. Right. But I, I'm just saying that, um, you know, why, why the distinction? And I think part of it, and this again, just my thoughts as I'm, as I'm going through the, the chapters, but if you think of the more, the more spiritual things, right? The things that I can't necessarily share with just anyone. I have to share with people who are on track to be disciples. And again, you know, disciple, that's just someone who, who follows or someone who is learning from Jesus, right? And so he makes the distinction um, and then he says in verse 19 that ye were separated from among them, the people in you know Jerusalem in the Middle East, because of their iniquity. Therefore, it is because of their iniquity that they know not of you. And verily I say unto you again that the other tribes hath the Father separated from them, and it's because of their iniquity and they know not of them. And so we see like maybe in the in that scripture from Alma, where to to those who uh, reject the word, they receive less and less. The and lesser portion of the word. The lesser portion of the word, right? And for those who accept it, are given a greater portion of the word. So I wouldn't say accept it. Well, actually, yeah, I would say accept it, but also they believe it. They have faith in it. I believe the word is receive. Those yeah. who receive it. Right, unto their heart, right, with good intention. Right. Receive more. And those who don't receive it unto their heart, maybe not with the best intentions, receive less. And, you know, in a nutshell, that's what commandments are. It It is a way for God to prove us and to make sure that we are are willing to, to do whatsoever the Lord our God commands, and then he's ready to just shower us with blessings and greater understanding as soon as we do it. You know, and that's the thing. People, you know, as you're making and keeping covenants, it doesn't mean it's a guarantee that it's going to be easy. Right. Like Kevin and I know more than ever this past two weeks, I want to say, that just because you're keeping the commandments, doesn't mean everything is easy in your life. We've had some troubles come up and it's been really frustrating. But one thing that has 100% helped us gain perspective is the words of Christ. It's been through hearing his apostles and prophets and reading the scriptures. Because newsflash, the apostles and prophets always point you to the words of Christ. <laughs> and so I just know that even though we're keeping commandments and we're trying our best, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. In fact, you'll probably have more struggles <laughs> than you would find needful, but you recognize the strength of the Lord through it, and that's what gets you through. And the Lord showers his blessings upon you in that, in, in that process, like Kevin said. I really like that. Thank you so much. Continuing on to our next and final verses in this chapter. So the Lord is setting that distinction between 
the new world, right, on this land are the sheep that he told his uh, disciples in Jerusalem that, you know, there were other sheep, but they didn't understand him. They thought that he was talking about the Gentiles who were the other sheep. And so, and then they, he says in even further in verse 22, they understood not that the Gentiles should be converted through their preaching. And this is interesting that he's talking about hey, I have other sheep that I'm going to visit and that I will personally minister to. And then they thought, oh, that's going to be that's going to be the Gentiles. But it's like, no, actually, once we receive Christ and he ministers to us, then it's our mission to go and minister and teach others. And the Gentiles were the uh, the brethren of the Jews. And so they went on, and we're worth learning about that right now in Come Follow Me at this time of the year. And I just want to point out three times in verses 22 and 23, collectively, it says, they understood me not, or they understood not, and they understood me not. And it just goes to show that with understanding, and we've already talked about this, but when we're trying to understand something we need to be asking questions, but seeking the Holy Ghost to help us understand those things. And I mentioned this, I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast, but I did mention this in my Sunday school class last week, that there was a time where I read Alma chapter 40 and 41 and 42, and I was reading about justice and mercy, and mercy cannot rob justice, and just all these things. And I was reading it thinking, what in the world is he trying to say? And this was back when I was like 18 years old, and I was finally reading the scriptures to myself. And it literally felt like a different language. I'm not even going to lie to you. It felt like I was reading Chinese or Spanish or French, like something I did not know. And as I've reflected on my time, I really did want to understand. And now I'm 29, so 11 years later, I read these verses a couple weeks ago, these chapters a couple weeks ago, and these verses made so much sense. I felt like I finally understood the language. And the thing is, though, that the point that I'm getting at is that understanding takes time, right? And we we can't assume that we know everything. They just assumed it was the sheep right next to them, right? Like it was the people right next to them. However, there was a greater, grander vision here that they could not grasp or understand because I think they thought they knew it all, right? And with understanding comes humility and patience and love and repetitive daily action to understand. You're not going to get it all at once. So I just, I just have, I've had people tell me before, I don't know how you understand scripture so well or how you read your scriptures every day. And it's, it's not that I even started that way. I just had a desire to understand. And as that desire kept growing, it just turned into what it is today, right? So you have to remember where someone starts to understand and then what years of seeking understanding does. And so even here, this one thing that they were told, I can tell there wasn't any humility there because they were not willing to understand more or look for more, you know, that's needful, right? Don't go making up stuff, but you know what I mean? 
And so at the end of this all, he says, but you guys have heard my voice and you've seen me and ye are among, it says ye are numbered among those whom the father hath given me. And I thought that was really important to note that we are heavenly father's children. And he makes that distinction at the very end. And through Christ, we come to know him more. And so I just, I thought that was a really cool ending to the chapter in chapter 15. Well, and it's definitely not the end. It's like, it's kind of a cliffhanger sort of, I would have liked us to try and get into chapter 16 today because um, they go together so well, but that wasn't going to happen. Listen, we had taken a month, almost two months off. And so we need to ease back in, right? Right. We're repenting, we're doing better, and we're easing back in chapter by chapter. But if you've listened to this podcast and you're deep in it and you love what we're talking about, then go and read chapter 16 now and carry on this study and then come back and we'll all recap it next week. Yes, we will be excited to discuss it and we will be here. And thank you again, mom, for encouraging us to hop back on the mics. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, mom. My dear brothers and sisters, I promise that as you prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day, you will make better decisions every day. I promise that as you ponder what you study, the windows of heaven will open and you will receive answers to your own questions and direction for your own life.